This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 8 o'clock hour underway here on 106.7 The Fan. Thanks for joining us tonight for Overtime. I am Danny Noakes. Got our guy Connor in the studio producing this show. 800-636-1067 is the MGM National Harbor listener line and the way for you to get in touch with us. You could also send me a tweet just realizing that I've been doing this for so long. Didn't even remember to let you know what the Twitter handle was for those of you that might be tuning into this show for the first time. At Danny Noakes on Twitter and at 1067 the fan as well. That's another good way to get in touch with us. Doing a quick scoreboard update here on the Washington Wizards, who are now about 41 seconds away from hitting halftime over at Capital One Arena. The Wiz entering the game at 28-30 and 30 on the year. Lead the New York Knicks 64-57. to 57. And we mentioned it was a big first quarter for Kristaps Porzingis, who at 19 points, again, was out of the gate very quickly, but he has not added to that total since the first quarter still with 19 points, four rebounds, two assists. No personal fouls for him. He's played 17 minutes and is still 5 of 5 from downtown in this game. So Knicks just scored again to make it a six-point game with 35 seconds to go. We'll continue to monitor everything that's going on with the Wizards tonight who are hosting the Knicks and Wiz trying to keep their three-game win streak alive. Now, just another quick scoreboard update, and I'm going to mention it just because it's a big game that's happening down here where I'm doing the show, which is just outside of Richmond, Virginia. But in Richmond, VCU and Richmond, the University of Richmond, that is, have quite a rivalry when it comes to the hardwood and the basketball court. It's a rivalry in general, but it's never more so apparent than when the two men's basketball teams get together and they go head to head. Now, in the last couple of years, Richmond may have inched out ahead of VCU slightly as a more consistent team, but generally VCU is the team that is able to more consistently win basketball games, potentially get into the NCAA tournament. It has only been a couple of years since they've been back as well. Halftime between VCU and Richmond, the Rams are hosting the Spiders. 37-23 lead for VCU over Richmond. 14-point lead. VCU 21 and 7, 12 and 3 in the A10 this year, while Richmond is just 14 and 14 overall, 500 record and 7 and 8 in the A10. So that, that was just a little college basketball appetizer for you because now as we get into more of the main course, I want to talk some Maryland and I want to talk some ACC hoops as well because right now 
the Maryland Terrapins are playing some very good basketball and with only three regular season games left for them, one of which is coming up on Sunday. I think the Terps are in a fantastic spot to make the NCAA tournament. And I'm probably not breaking any news right there because you go back, you look at their schedule, you look at their resume, and it is quite good. Terps most recently coming off a 88-70 win at home over the Minnesota Golden Gophers that on Wednesday night. That was when we were last on the air. And the Terps look forward to their ranked matchup against number 21 Northwestern, which is a noon tip-off on Sunday. So you can check that out on the Big Ten Network. Terps will also wrap up their Big Ten regular season with two road games, one at Ohio State and another at Penn State. But Terps have already beaten Penn State once this year, 74-68. Nice little six-point win for them. And they also already beat a ranked Ohio State team by seven points at home earlier this year. So I think the Terps are playing with a lot of confidence right now, as they should. They've won three of their last four games. And one of those wins was a 14-point decisive victory, a court-storming-worthy victory over number 3 Purdue. The Boilermakers went down in that game. Purdue at that time, number three, but they have spent some time atop the AP poll, the number one team in the land as well. Both games for Maryland against Purdue have the Terps played pretty well. They lost on the road at number three Purdue by just three points much earlier on in the Big Ten season. But Maryland's played a lot of ranked teams this year between Illinois, Tennessee, UCLA, Ohio State was ranked at one point. They also beat number 21 Indiana by 11 points. So they've got some good wins for their resume, not to mention they play in a good conference, the Big Ten. Purdue sitting pretty nicely at the top of the conference with a 13-4 and Big Ten record this year. Two games back of the Boilermakers are Northwestern, the team that Maryland matches up with on Sunday. Again, that's a noon tip-off. Northwestern 11-6, and while for third place, there are four teams with a 10-7 and record, including the Maryland Terrapins. You've also got Indiana, team that the Terps have beaten, Illinois, a team that the Terps have beaten, as well as Michigan. So the Terps, Indiana, Illinois, Michigan, all 10-7 and seven this year. All three, uh, well, three of the four teams there are 19-9 and nine overall, with the exception of Michigan, who is 16-12. and 12. But a win for Maryland against Northwestern on Sunday would go a long way in helping them bump up a spot in the seeding for the Big Ten tournament, which is now just a couple of weeks away. It's crazy, actually, to think how quickly the first two months of 2023 have gone by. I mean, we've only got three games left on the Big Ten schedule for Maryland before we're playing tournament basketball, right? As much as I love the NCAA tournament, and I'm not going to say that conference tournaments are better, I really do have a special spot in my heart, though, for the conference tournaments. Not any in particular, just all of them. It's 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 like the... I mentioned the uh, the Richmond VCU game was a, an appetizer. That scoreboard update for the rest of this college basketball segment. Well, the, the AC, the uh, conference tournaments are also sort of like an appetizer to March Madness as a whole, which comprises both the conference tournaments and the NCAA tournaments. So, I think the Terps are in a really good spot. Playing at home this weekend too is is sure going to help. Again, number twenty one Northwestern. And the Maryland Terrapins have a noon tip-off on Sunday. Now, looking at the ACC, Virginia is one of the best teams in the conference, but coming off a shocking loss to Boston College, a 15-point loss, as a matter of fact. And Boston College is a much-improved team, right? Let me say that. 
Eagles are eight and ten on the season in the ACC, which is definitely in the bottom half of the league. But they're a team that's beaten Virginia Tech twice, and and Virginia Tech also not a great team this year. Really, just average. I'll talk about the Hokies here in a moment because obviously that's my school. That's the team that I pay the closest attention to, and am the most disappointed with. I think Virginia. It's interesting the season they've had. It thirteen and four in the ACC. They have at times looked like the clear-cut frontrunners, the best team in the league. And I still think that that's probably true. But the Miami Hurricanes are a really good basketball team, too. That's a team that just beat Virginia Tech. And coached by Jim Laranega, obviously the former George Mason head coach, led the Patriots to a Final Four back in 2006. What a magical run that was. Miami and Virginia are the really the only two teams out of the ACC that I could see making any legitimate noise in the NCAA tournament this year. We'll see because teams like Syracuse who at nine and eight this year, I don't know if they're going to be tournament material, but oftentimes they'll sneak in with an at large bid and Bayheim being the good coach that he is. He'll have Syracuse in a spot to get to the sweet 16, maybe even the elite eight or, or, or one of those final four appearances. It seems like there's a dark horse team that, that sneaks in there. That's, maybe would be considered a blue blood program, but they didn't have a great season, so you kind of write them off. There might be another team in the ACC like that, such as uh, Pittsburgh or Clemson. You know, Clemson is a team that I think has had a, a pretty good season at 12-5. and five. They sat atop the league for, for a couple of weeks and, and have since lost that lead. But it's very close at the top. The first, the top five teams are separated by just two games, and Virginia and Pittsburgh tied for second with 13 and four conference records are only half a game back of the Miami hurricanes for the top spot currently in the ACC. So it'll be a, it'll definitely be a tight race for the final three conference games of the ACC season as well. We're just talking about the big 10, but for Virginia tech, they've got a road game at Duke eight o'clock tip off prime time tomorrow night, ESPN. That's a tough matchup. Although the Hokies did beat Duke earlier this season, 78-75 inside Castle Coliseum, and Virginia Tech loves to play Duke inside Castle. They're, it seems as though they're, they, they're almost a, a guaranteed win every time the Blue Devils come to Castle Coliseum nowadays. But going to Cameron Indoor is obviously a very different story, and Duke is obviously not the same team now that Coach K has retired, but still 11-6 in the conference, 20-8 overall. They're not going to be a team that you just walk over and get a win on their home court. And Virginia Tech at 6-11 and in the ACC this year. They're trying to avoid having to play on that first day of the ACC tournament when the, the bottom four teams are in action. And Virginia Tech will have to win at least two of the next three games to close out their season to avoid being one of the final, the last four seeds. They're at Duke. Then they're at Louisville three days later before they wrap up their ACC regular season with a game against Florida State. The good news for the Hokies is Louisville is in dead last right now, 2-15, and 15, tied with Notre Dame in the ACC. And then Louisville is also, excuse me, I just said Louisville. I meant Florida State is also struggling this year, 6-11, and 11, the same record that Virginia Tech has, but 8-20 and 20 overall. Contrast that, at least the Hokies have a winning record at 16-12. and 12. It's been a rough year for the Florida State Seminoles. Don't tell my guy Captain Todd, because I know that he's certainly been tuned in on that 
all season long. Leonard Hamilton's still a really good head coach. All right, let's do this. We'll step aside. We'll take another quick break. We've got more to get into here through the 8 o'clock hour, so stick around. You're listening to 106.7 The Fan. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Thanks for hanging with us for overtime tonight on 106.7. The fan, ladies and gentlemen, Danny Noakes here with you. My guy Connor in studio producing the show. Whether you're listening via the AM, FM dial, the Odyssey app, or the stream, the FanDC.com, we're just glad to have you along for the ride for a bit here on a Friday night wide open for the next 100 minutes, just over an hour and a half. So plenty of time to still get your questions, comments, concerns, any sort of calls you want to get in. 800-636-1067 is the MGM National Harbor listener line. We're going to go back to football. We're going to return to the topic of the commanders here in this segment. But real quick, halftime between the Wizards and the New York Knicks. Washington with a 64-60 to lead over the Knicks, who are 17-12 and on the road this season. The Wiz are 14-12 and at Capital One Arena. This game has gotten a lot closer since the first quarter. Wizards jumped out to an 11-point lead, and now the third quarter just getting underway. So four-point lead for the Wizards coming out of halftime. Kristaps Porzingis had 19 points in the first quarter. He has not scored since then. Four rebounds, two assists. He's still 5-5 five of five from downtown, but they're going to need some help elsewhere from the offense if they are going to hold on to what is now a four-point lead. Bradley Beal up to seven points, five assists, a steal, a rebound, a block. He's got a little bit of everything in his box score tonight. Just three of seven shooting, however, and Kyle Kuzma with 12 points on five of 11 shooting. Currently leading the way for the Knicks and doing pretty much all of the work is Julius Randle, who has 28 points for the Knicks, who have now cut the lead to one, just 30 seconds into the second half. Randle, 28 points on 11 of 16, shooting 4 of 8 from downtown. Very efficient game from the Knicks power forward. We will continue to check in on the Wizards game periodically here over the next 90 or so minutes. But back to the Commanders because, obviously, Eric Bieniemy coming to town is big news. And I've loved that we had Captain Todd call in. Always love when Captain Todd calls in. But he made some really good points, too, about how I, I think that the fan base probably as a whole feels more like this as well in that watching Eric Bieniemy re- uh, react and interact with some of the commander's players who 
not only appeared to receive what he was saying at the podium positively, as well as in their personal conversations were also positively, but the fact that they were sitting in the front row, the fact that they were, you know, willing to come back to the facility during the off season, which as Todd pointed out, a lot of times in the NFL, guys are just trying to get as far away from the facility as possible. And you had some of the most important guys of the team in attendance for that press conference. And it's not to disparage everyone who wasn't there at the press conference either. Guys like Jonathan Allen, who who obviously wasn't in attendance or anything. It, it's, it's not a negative knock against them. But just you had Terry, you had Sam Howell, you had Cam Curl, you had, uh, you had Brian Robinson. There were more as well. Uh, Jahan Dotson was in attendance as well. It, there was just a lot of positive reception to this happening and it doesn't necessarily always feel like that's the case even even when the commanders or the football team or the redskins in the past have gotten a new head coach and 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 maybe it's recency bias that's bleeding in for for me right now here but i'm trying to think of when a coaching hire was as well received by this fan base is is what happened with eric Bieniemy, and and for good reason by the way i'm i'm thinking of going back to Maybe 2004 when Joe Gibbs came back for for his second stint. Obviously not quite as successful as his first stint with the three Super Bowls, but still led the the this franchise to a Super or not to the Super Bowl, but to the playoffs a couple of times. And probably if if not for for losing Sean Taylor, obviously maybe uh, a, a time or two more as well. Obviously that situation was very tragic, but for Eric Enemy to come over, I've said this several times. It couldn't have played out any better for the commanders. I mean, we spent lots of segments in the lead up to this throughout January through the NFL playoffs leading up to the Super Bowl about how the names that were being thrown around with this team is potential new offensive coordinators like Pat Shermer or Ken Zampezi, right? They they just weren't particularly exciting. And, and I, I continuously singled out a guy like Pat Shermer because Pat Shermer has been a head coach in two different places in the National Football League. I really think we know what we're going to get when you when you hire somebody like a Pat Shermer and it really seemed like Ron Rivera who normally will hire someone that he is most familiar with was going to go in that direction, but ultimately that's not what happened. And we were even possibly further led to believe that he might revert back to his old ways when Ron was, you know, playing golf at the Pebble Beach Pro-Am during Senior Bowl week and the week leading up to the Super Bowl when he could have been, you know, at the Senior Bowl or he could have been down or over at the Super Bowl a little bit sooner to, to potentially interview guys that might be there, just talk, just, you know, get the word out, whatever. But turns out whatever they were doing, whatever plan they had, well, it ended up working because they end up with the guy that I think was at the top of pretty much everybody's list. You know, I, I would say Anthony Lynn, who was one of the last guys that the commanders interviewed, was was maybe the only coach not named Byron Lefwich or Eric Bieniemy that I would have said, huh, okay, okay. I, 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 li- I see what you're doing here. Obviously, uh, one of the, the, those, those coaches are looking for jobs for a reason. And, and Byron left, which is situation a little bit different than, than Anthony Lynn's obviously, but both of those guys had some success at their last stops left, which of course winning a Super Bowl there in Tampa with Tom Brady and, 
and the early part of, of Justin Herbert's first couple of seasons, Anthony Lynn was there for, but obviously not there anymore. But they end up with Biennemi, who, again, at the top of every single list, you you waited it out, the patience paid off, and now you get to see what all the hype is about. And I, I, I know that in the back of his head, Biennemi knows that he is, sh- is going to shoulder some pressure when it comes to that because you come off of winning two Super Bowls, having been to three as the offensive coordinator of the Chiefs, haven't had the chance to call plays yet. He knows what people are saying about him. He knows that he's interviewed for 15 different head coaching jobs and hasn't been able to get them. So he knows that there's something still to prove. But when he went up there to the podium and in the press conference yesterday started talking about chopping wood and, you know, comfort is the enemy of progress and and, ta- and specifically saying that, you know, when it comes to the head coaching gigs, it's not what he's focused on right now. He's focused on being the OC for the commanders. He's certainly saying all the right things, but the way that he's delivering it to you really have to take him at his word because it seems like he's very excited to have this opportunity and to work with the guys that he's going to have the chance to work with. And the last point that I'll reiterate here is that his, you know, conversation with Terry McLaurin, which is available to watch on pretty much every social media site that you could ask for right now, just kind of depending on where you're at. It was really neat to see Terry talk about his wide receiver group and tell him that they weren't, EB and and the rest of the coaching staff, they weren't going to have to worry about getting 100% from the wide receiver group every single day and and in every single game because Terry is going to have those guys covered. And and that's, man, what what a guy Terry is to have in the building, not just as as the leader of the wide receiver groups, but one of the leaders of your team. He is, and we all knew that, right? We, We knew that before he even signed that extension last year, which he deserved every penny of, and once he got up to the podium and did his press conference after he got that contract extension, we we all knew that the commanders had had got themselves a, a franchise wide receiver that they need to do whatever they can to hold on to. And now someone like Bienemy can inject a little bit more. You would think he'd be able to inject some new ideas into this offense, find different ways to get Terry and Jahan Dotson and Curtis Samuel the ball. But I'm also, and this is, I'm going to sound like the rooster here. I'm going to sound like Chris Russell because he loves to run the football. But I, I am genuinely excited to see what the enemy can do with the run game because I think the commanders actually do have a solid run game despite having a, an average to probably below average offensive line. Maybe I'm being a little bit too nice in, in my assessment of that unit. But Brian Robinson's a stud. Brian, Brian Robinson is a bell cow. He's a workhorse. He can absolutely shoulder the number one running back load in in any offense in the NFL. I think, and and I, I still love Antonio Gibson as a, as a player. I think he's, I think he he brings a dynamic as as a as a the number two of the one two punch that is is only going to make things better for the Commanders and give them another option in certain situations of which there will be no shortage of throughout the 2023-2024 NFL season when it starts in September. So I, I'm i excited for all of it. I think it's great. And there's still a lot to, that needs to be sorted out. He's got to fill out the rest of his staff. He's got to he's got to get through the scouting combine, got to get through the draft. And we'll see what, if at all, the, the mentality changes there because the first thing on my list as to what the commanders need right now is an offensive lineman. You know, that's absolute first and foremost. I hope that they take an offensive lineman in the first round. I haven't had a ton of time to spend looking at who some of the offensive line prospects are, but most of the mock drafts that I've seen 
I'm not seeing any offensive linemen go in the top 10, which is good in that you would think it would give the commanders more options to select an offensive lineman when their name comes up and, and they're on the clock. But it could also be a sign that maybe this offensive line class is not quite as good. That being said, they need they need depth there no matter what because the amount of pressure that both Carson Wentz and Taylor Heineke were facing last season is, is just not going to be sustainable when you bring Sam Howell back to be your starter next year when he's going to be starting his first full season. So that'll do it for this segment. Good stuff there on the Commanders and Eric Bieniemy. We'll step aside. We'll take a quick break. Coming up next, Aaron Rodgers has emerged from his darkness retreat. <laughs> it happened earlier this week. What a 2023 headline that is. We'll talk about it, and we'll talk about all of his options coming up next here on 106.7 The Fan. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. I tell you what, this is an era of Jay-Z that is really difficult to beat. Now, when it comes to Jay-Z, it's funny that we get a little Jay-Z here on the air tonight. 106.7 The Fan, Danny Noakes with you for overtime. Because Jay-Z is said to also potentially still be in the mix to partner with Jeff Bezos to go in on a bid for the Commanders. Now, it was a Fox business reporter that floated this out there. And the news about Jay-Z potentially being one of the guys that could be a part of a bid to buy the commanders is is old news it's been floated around here for the last couple of months but there is still somewhat of a belief that he could be a part of that it's also believed however that bezos would want to maintain a majority of control in that scenario so i i would be interested to see how that deal would break down we've talked plenty about in this show Jeff Bezos and the news yesterday hiring a, an investment firm to potentially put a bid on the commanders. It's the same investment firms that handled each of the last two NFL team purchases, which were the Broncos in 2022 and in 2018, the Carolina Panthers were also sold. So Jay-Z and Hey, it's, it's tough. I, I, I love the blueprint, man. That's a, that's a great album right there, but Real quick, before we get to the, the stuff on Aaron Rodgers, 
I, I love that Captain Todd listens to us every every show. It's it's awesome, but it's super helpful too because we were talking in the last segment about when was the last time the Commanders fan base actually got this fired up about a coaching hire, right? And Eric Bieniemy coming to DC seems to have been, and understandably so, well received by pretty much everybody. In fact. The only people that have negative things to say about this are <laughs> the people that were either weren't their team wasn't able to land Eric Bieniemy or they don't understand why Bieniemy made the move to from Kansas City to DC because they think that it was a lateral move when in reality there are several reasons why it was a promotion. He gets the ability to call plays. He's gonna get a pay raise. He gets the assistant head coach title. It's it's a it's a promotion in every sense of the word. He just doesn't get the security of coaching Patrick Mahomes anymore, right? And he said it himself: comfort is the enemy of progress. In the press conference yesterday, but so Todd jumped in when we were doing that segment, and he said possibly Shanahan was the last time that the fan base resoundingly got so much behind a hire than than Eric Bieniemy, and that was somebody that I forgot about. I thought you might have to go back all the way to 2004, talk about Joe Gibbs and what, uh, how the fan base responded, obviously, when Gibbs came back. But I think, I think Shanahan is actually the answer because that was definitely a well-received hire. And, and Shanahan had some success here, getting RG3. 2012 was just magic. I mean, it's funny. It's far enough in the past now that I think even, even the most – pessimistic commanders fans can say yeah 2012 that was fun wish we could get back to that and obviously so much about that was not sustainable from from rg3 and the way that he played to uh you know i mean alfred morris had had several great years as a running back here in dc but uh not not a particularly long career he ended up in dallas at one point and and has since moved on so uh, good call, Todd. I appreciate that. Shanahan is, is probably the last time. I think Mike Shanahan being hired to be the head coach is, is a good call. Is the last time folks were this fired up about a coaching hire. Now, elsewhere in the National Football League, Aaron Rodgers has emerged from his darkness retreat. It happened earlier this week. And I said it last segment that it's just the most 2023 headline ever, right? It's not It's not meant to be a dig at Rodgers, whatever. Sky Cave Retreats, though, is where he was hanging out. It's somewhere in Oregon. And ESPN detailed the room that Rodgers stayed in, which, which I found to be fascinating because everyone was sort of wondering what a darkness retreat would entail. And so Scott Berman is the owner of Sky Cave Retreats. He said, quote, it's partially underground. It's hobbit-like structure with 300 square feet of space. It's devoid of light. It has a queen bed. It's got a bathroom and a meditation-like mat on the floor. It does have electricity that can be turned on at any time inside the room. And Berman went on to say that he checks on guests once a day, and there are no rules for remaining in complete darkness. So I actually found a video that, and I, I think it was the same place. I have no reason to believe it wasn't because it looked exactly the same as the pictures that, that have been floating around of what Sky Cave Retreats looks like. But I actually did see a video of someone going in and doing a darkness retreat uh, in this very same place where Aaron Rodgers was. And I got to say, it's not something that I think I could ever do. You know, I've, I've been in an actual cave before. And I, I've seen what actual cave darkness is like, and it's actually pretty terrifying. Uh, it's just not—it's just not my thing, right? But so, 
he was Aaron Rodgers was said to have spent four days at four nights, I believe, in this place. And he was going to use this time in this darkness retreat to figure out what his next move was, right? You know, it's not far off from doing ayahuasca last year when he was trying to figure out what his next move would be, which he'll probably continue to do every year here on out through the rest of his career, depending on when he decides to retire. But ultimately, Aaron Rodgers, he has three options, right? He can stay with the Packers, which pretty much is... It's, it really seems unlikely at this point. I mean, he's kind of been hinting at potentially leaving Green Bay for years at this point. Now, he did sign a massive contract last offseason, right? And that is worth mentioning because the, the Packers are on hook to pay him a lot of money this upcoming season. And whoever, if he does move on, so will the next team be on the hook to, unless they're able to talk him into restructuring his contract, which is... Not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. So his first option, stay with the Packers. His second option would be to move on. Now, some of the teams that have been mentioned is potential destinations for Rodgers, at least at the top of the list, the New York Jets and the Las Vegas Raiders. Two incredibly different teams. And I think with the Jets, you're talking about a squad that has a very young group of guys a lot of young talent on that team, but Rodgers doesn't necessarily love, and he has said it publicly, playing with younger guys. It's not unlike what LeBron has said. LeBron is known for not loving playing with younger guys as well, and, and Rodgers is no different. But it's hard for me to see Aaron Rodgers playing in New York City. And I know that the Jets and, and the Giants, the, their stadium is actually in East Rutherford in New Jersey. It's, it's not technically in New York City. But obviously the market that would be covering Aaron Rodgers every day, New York City, he can't imagine would be making regular appearances on New York City radio or anything like that. So it, it, it feels like an awkward fit. I, I can't even picture Aaron Rodgers in a, in a Jets uniform. Plus, I mean, who... The Jets wide receivers aren't bad, but I would have to think that wherever his next destination is, he's going to have an elite wide receiver, right? And and that's why, along with the fact that he would be reuniting with Devontae Adams, the Raiders makes a lot of sense. Now, to go and play out there in Las Vegas would, would also be uh, very different than, than playing in Green Bay, right? And Packers fans are as passionate fans as, as they come in the National Football League. Uh, but Green Bay is obviously a, a very different place to be than somewhere like Las Vegas or, as we just said, New York City. The good news about going to Vegas for him would be, yes, a, a, a reunion with Devontae Adams, who, despite catching passes from Derek Carr this year, is still probably the best receiver in the league. I mean, we could we could have an argument between... Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams, Jamar Chase is probably in the conversation, right? And 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 maybe a couple of other guys as well, but it's it's really hard to say that it's not Devontae. I mean, when when you look at the when you look at the fact that it was Derek Carr throwing him passes and Derek Carr's now gonna be looking for a new job, which is just kind of how the league works. It's not like he's a bad quarterback, but it's still worth it's worth noting when when talking about Devontae Adams there who didn't really miss a beat going from Aaron Rodgers to Derek Carr and those two guys are are at a different level of play obviously. So those are Rodgers' first two options. His third and final option, retire. And if I had to put money on it, and there's going to be no way to know this, but 
I'm actually going to say that my guess is Rodgers would probably prefer to retire. And, and here's where I come from. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think he's going to retire. I think deep down, though, he would prefer it. Because just watching Aaron Rodgers do these interviews, whether it's with Pat McAfee, and, and Pat McAfee seems like he's one of the few people that he actually enjoys talking to, Pat McAfee and A.J. Hawk, uh, or somebody else. But it, it seems like Rodgers is just kind of fed up. And, and he's brought a lot of that on himself, some of it just the nature of sports talk as well, right? We, we need things to talk about, and when Rodgers says something, uh, it generally makes waves, not only because of his talent level, but he says a lot of controversial things. But I don't think that Rodgers has very thick skin, and I think he has a big ego. And I think he's kind of fed up of hearing people talk about him. I think he'd be happier just going off into the sunset and doing whatever weird things he wants to do with his free time. And none of us ever have to talk about him again. I think that's probably what he would rather do. He would rather go and do his darkness retreats in ayahuasca and, and us leave him alone. And that's fine. I have nothing against that. But I think there are several reasons that he hasn't retired yet. The most significant of which is probably because he knows he still has football left in him. He knows he's a Hall of Famer. But he also knows that most people think that he should have more Super Bowls to show for his career. He's got one. I think he kind of has the same mental mindset as someone like Kevin Durant. He cannot help caring about what other people think of him. And and both guys, amazing careers. I know, trust me, both Hall of Famers. And, and we're talking about Rodgers right now. I'm making this assumption based on the way that he conducts himself in these interviews. You know, he's he's got sly remarks every now and then. I think he, he, he does still have goals and wants to accomplish things going forward. But if it were... <laughs> In a perfect world, I think he would he would probably be pretty much ready to hang it up. He doesn't seem like the guy headed for the broadcast booth after your tires, like Tom Brady is, by the way. And I'll have more on that a little bit later on. But yeah, I I, I just think I think with Rogers, he's he's just kind of got other interests. And uh, man, it 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 is really fascinating to think about what could end up happening next for him because it's it's hard to picture him in any other uniform but a Packers uniform, right? Not unlike. Peyton Manning leaving the Colts going to the Broncos or Tom Brady leaving the Patriots to go to the Buccaneers or, you know, it, it's happened several times here throughout uh, throughout NFL history. Joe Montana leaving the Niners to go play for the Chiefs. That was I'm sure that was super weird. Don't think I was alive for that. But, um, you know, that that would that would be another good example there. So we'll have to keep an eye on what happens. You know, when Rodgers emerged from his darkness retreat, it was almost like, uh, you know, in, in the Catholic religion, when they select a pope, they put up the, the, what is it, the white smoke? The white smoke is what denotes when they when they have a new pope. I think that's what it is. Uh, I I admit to, to not knowing the correct answer to that, but it, it was really funny just to watch the media react. Oh, Aaron Rodgers is out of his darkness retreat. And then all of the hilarious gifts that came along with that to, to sort of poke fun at it. It was it was definitely a, a very comical day. Anyway, let's do this. We'll step aside. We'll take a quick break. And when we come back, we will wrap up the 8 o'clock hour. So just over an hour to go tonight on Overtime. Keep it locked. You're listening to 106.7 The Fan. 9 o'clock hour. Get you a little bit of a scoreboard update here as we've got a shorter segment to close things up here. Washington Wizards in action hosting the New York Knicks tonight over at Capital One Arena. It was a great first quarter for the Wizards who jumped out to an 11-point lead. And since then, things have not been going very smooth. 
Wizards now trail the Knicks 95-91, just under 10 minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Julius Randle continues to go off for the Knicks. He's been their leading scorer all season, and you can really see why. Randle has 38 points on the night, 14 of 23 shooting, 5 of 10 from downtown. Still a perfect 5 of 5 from the free throw line as well. He has produced most of the offense for the Knicks tonight. They've also gotten 13 points from Emmanuel Quickly as well as another 12 from R.J. Barrett and 11 from Jalen Brunson. Looking at the Wiz, though, it was Christoph Porzingis who got out to a very good start with 19 points there in the first quarter, but yet to put anything else on the board since then. 5 of 8 from the field, 5 of 7 from downtown. He started 5 of 5 from beyond the arc, and now 5 of 7 added 4 rebounds, 3 assists to go along with a block on the 19 points that he scored so far. And Kyle Kuzma, 18 points uh, in the game for the Wizards. 8 of 17 from the field, 2 of 7 from downtown. Four rebounds, three assists as well. Bradley Beal was a toss-up leading into this game. They weren't sure if he was going to be able to play. Saw a graphic, too, on Twitter earlier tonight. He's averaging north of 28 points over the last few games. He scored 30 in a couple of them as well. Wizards entered tonight on a three-game win streak. But it looks like that is in jeopardy as they trail the Knicks by four after leading most of this game. The Knicks have been slowly chipping away at the Wizards' lead in the second and third quarters of this game. Also off the bench, DeLon Wright, 15 points for the Wizards tonight. He's 5 of 8 from the field with 5 of 7 from downtown. So a pretty good night for him. And then real quick, just to, to give you one quick, somewhat local college basketball score. I mentioned Richmond and VCU are playing tonight. You're going to have the Maryland Terrapins in action Sunday, a couple of Virginia teams in action tomorrow. But Richmond and VCU are playing right now, and it's VCU with a 15-point lead at home. The Richmond rivalry between the Rams and the Spiders, 69-54, 228 to go in the second half. That game is on ESPN2 if you're at home listening to us and wanted to check it out. It's actually a pretty busy weekend here in the district for the DMV sports teams. you got the Wizards playing tonight. You've got the Capitals in action tomorrow. 1 o'clock puck drop between the Caps and the Rangers that game from Capital One Arena, so they'll have to get it cleaned up, ready to go quickly after the Wizards game tonight. Flip it over to the hockey version of Capital One Arena before the Rangers come to town for the 1 o'clock game tomorrow. But you've also got the spring training opener for the Nationals. We'll spend a little bit more time talking Nats to kick off the 9 o'clock hour. The Nats get the St. Louis Cardinals also at 105, so the Caps and the Nationals will be playing just about at the same time. You've got UVA and UNC going head-to-head, which is just an interesting ACC game. 6 o'clock tip-off on ESPN, number 6 UVA traveling to North Carolina. Not to mention Virginia Tech, 8 o'clock on ESPN. You've got the Hokies visiting Cameron Indoor Stadium and the Duke Blue Devils. It's a tough game for Virginia Tech. They did beat Duke in Castle Coliseum earlier this year, but the Hokies coming off a loss to a ranked Miami team. They kind of seem a little bit wounded, and it's going to be a little bit tougher to go and, and win that game, obviously, Cameron Indoor Stadium. Finally, you've got D.C. United back in action tomorrow night. 7.30 kickoff, D.C. gets Toronto. And then, as we already mentioned, you've got the Maryland Terrapins hosting number 21 Northwestern at noon on Sunday. And can't forget about Georgetown, the Hoyas, 
just 7-22 and 22 on the year, but they will be hosting number 20 Providence. So Capital One Arena is going to be jumping. A lot going on over at Cap One Arena this weekend. All right, that's going to do it here for this segment. That'll do it for the 8 o'clock hour. We'll flip it over to the 9 o'clock hour when we come back. And as I said, we'll be talking some Washington Nationals as they get ready to play their first spring training game this weekend. Keep it locked. You're listening to 106.7 The Fan. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com. 